Thanks to Sana Skin Studio for supporting the No podcast. Sana is a skin studio that is shifting the relationship with your skin and your products through goal-driven facials, real guidance, and clean skincare. Stay tuned for our promo code so you can receive $25 off of your first facial at Sana Skin Studio. Welcome to the No Podcast with me, Nikki Spo. What is up, you guys? Welcome to another episode of The No with me, Nikki Spo. I am really glad you're here. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Cornelia Slunsky, aka Coco Beauty. Cornelia Slunsky helps women raise their standards, okay? She is a makeup artist and beauty expert who moonlights as a content creator, dating coach, and supporter of all things female empowerment. I love her, okay? An educated consumer and beauty junkie at heart, she loves to share all of her favorite brands with a diverse international audience. After a 10-year career working for the likes of Elle and Harper's Bazaar in both the US and abroad, she has created a trusted female follower base who look to her not only for beauty tips, for her favorite products and techniques, but most importantly, ways to boost their confidence. Cornelia's niche is simple and effective. Probably one of her most powerful outlets is the series she runs on her Instagram, What Would Coco Do? where she opens up to answer all types of questions from her followers, from what to do on a first date, how to respond to pursuers, and how to quickly handle tricky dating situations. High maintenance is her vibe, and she's completely unapologetic about it. Mad respect. Cornelia connects her following base to brand stories and their related missions, and most recently has started her very own podcast called Bougie Best Friend so appropriate, which is available wherever podcasts are streaming. This woman is a breath of fresh air and I'm so excited for our chat today. So let's get started with the one and only Coco Beauty, what would Coco do? Your bougie best friend, Cornelia Slunsky. Coco, I feel like you are a twin flame that I never knew I needed in my life. And I'm so grateful that I got to meet you at the Beauty for Breakfast panel at the Soho House event, you know, back in February, I think it was. You know, I have become a huge follower and a fan and a supporter of your work. And I have straight up shared your account with so many friends and peers. And here you are today. So Welcome to The Know with me, Nikki Spo. I mean, this whole podcast is about coming into your deepest inner knowing, and I feel like you're doing that, you know, with your platform and you yeah. really connect with with your follower base. It's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> First of all, we're both Aries, so I feel like yes, that's really that's right. Yes. Um, but I got to say my journey was not always like this. Like I was, you know, everybody has that epiphany or something. Something always has to happen in your life that you can finally start living your truth. So like I had, I had some tough times in COVID, I had some personal situations going on, but I feel like sometimes you just need to reach rock bottom and then you kind of rebuild yourself up and finally become the person you always were meant to be. And with meditation and therapy and all these things that you know, five, 10 years ago, I would be like, oh, that's not for me. That's like for, you know, those other people that have issues. But you realize that sometimes you just need help. Like the same way you, you know, you go to a doctor when you're, you you break a leg or something, when you are going through something traumatic, whether it's, you know, losing a job or a partner or a friend or anything, I feel like people should just kind of ask for help when they need help. 
So do you feel like you hit your rock bottom here when you moved to the States? Uh, yeah, I feel like I reached, I mean, hit rock bottom during the pandemic. It was just like, I never felt so lost in my life. And also like being here on my own, you know, my family's all back in Croatia. Being here on my own is like, sometimes you just don't, it's hard, you know, like sometimes you're just want to go to your mom's and have her hug you and make you breakfast or something. But like, I don't have that. So when you're like in this rock bottom and you're starting to rebuild your life, do you realize that you're rebuilding? Are you like consciously like saying, okay, I am rebuilding myself right now and I'm going to do X, Y, Z and I'm going to do it my way. And this is what I'm going to do. I, I'm a makeup artist. So I was doing beauty in New York. And then when the pandemic hit, obviously there was no, nothing going on. And then end of 2020, yeah, a lot of uh, companies started moving to Miami and they started doing photo shoots here. So I was flying back and forth. And at some point I'm like, what am I doing in New York? You know, everything was still shut down. It was cold. It was, it was just a little depressing. And Miami was always fun. So I moved to Miami just, just like that. I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to move to Miami. And once I moved to Miami, I was still a little lost. Like I was partying a little bit. I was hanging out with like random people who don't really care about you. But that's what really happens when you, you know, move to a new city. It's, it's hard to find friends. You have to time. find your people. It's hard. One thing after another. I mean, it's just, you know, they always say like, oh, you just have to start doing something. And I really wanted to start doing TikTok. And I didn't know what to talk about. And all of my friends told me like, oh, you should just do makeup and beauty. And I'm like, oh, that's just not. I mean, I love makeup. I love beauty. I'm, I, I love doing makeup. But I felt like it was not substantial enough for me at that point. I just started dabbling into different things. And one thing led to another. And I realized that, you know, my friends knew that I'm a very outspoken and I always say what I think and I'm honest and some people don't like it. Some people do like it. Right. Sure. <laughs> but I just realized I'm really good at giving advice and you don't have to agree with my, obviously, you know, everything comes from my experience and we're all, you don't have to agree with everything I say. Like sometimes my followers, like I say something and they're like, well, I don't think that's true. I'm like, well, that's okay. <laughs> like, I don't right. need you. <laughs> You're like, you can have your perspective. Yeah. Right. But I just realized I really um, loved sharing my experiences. Not, not, not that I really talk a lot about my experience in my past, but through my experiences, I feel like I learned a lot. Therapy really saved my life. I feel like if it wasn't for, I, I had this girl, she was amazing. I feel that she really rewired my brain and that's what I'm trying to do with girls today it's just like a simple just the way you talk to yourself and just the way you approach a situation so with my what will Coco do and my podcast now I'm really trying to help people be in control of their life so okay congrats on your podcast bougie best friends I mean it's so appropriate and we all need one so tell us a little bit more about your podcast so basically my podcast is it's what everything you would talk to your bougie best friend about so I'm very open with, you know, injectables and surgery and relationships and this and that. So like we talk about all these different topics and I'm really, really enjoying it. So I definitely want to talk about um, surgeries and injectables and the fact that you talk about those things publicly. Like I, you know, obviously like I follow your account and I see your stuff all the time. Like the algorithm puts it on my page probably because I like all your stuff. You know what I mean? And it like, so it's always available to me, which is amazing. And I see some of these comments that other people make like, oh my gosh, you know, you got your boobs done. And which by the way, Dr. Altman did my boobs too. And I'm, I just think it's a breath of fresh air, but I got, I saw some of the comments on your 
if you opened it up for questions or whatever, of women being like, you are a female empowerment. You shouldn't be oh, yeah. talking about plastic surgery. You should be teaching women to accept themselves how we are. So I really loved how you handled it. What's your perspective on that? I just feel like people are always going to have an opinion, but you can't really be affected by what everybody else thinks about you or you have to just do what feels right and what feels authentic. First of all, I share a lot with my followers and they see my photos. I'm not going to just be like, oh, it's a push-up bra. Oh, it's a... I just massaged them for a few days and like they grew or like, oh, I just, uh, I, why lie? Why are people lying? And I get it. You don't have to talk about it if you're not comfortable, but I am. So if I'm comfortable talking about it and for me, it's, I really want to share my experience. For me, plastic surgery is not such a taboo because everybody does it, whether it's a boob job or it's a nose job or anything. If you are not happy with something on your body, you can fix if if that's what makes you happier, why not fix it? And there was a few comments. Somebody was like, oh, you're promoting unhealthy beauty standards, la la. I'm like, I'm actually not. Just exactly because I said this is what I did and this is how it went. And this is what you should pay attention on if you want to do what else, whatever I did. Well, I think the impossible beauty standard is when you deny that you've had work done, right? And then, so you have this perfect physique or face or what, whatever, whatever. And people are trying to look like you and be like you or whatever, like you're the standard in their mind. Yeah. And they're never going to get it because they don't know that you secretly had work done or yeah. whatever. Like it, it, to me, it's quite the opposite. What you're doing is like saying, I did this. Like, yeah. The beauty standard might be impossible, like for a given person naturally, but I am taking ownership that I did this. I I don't know. I see it as like, as a completely opposite scenario. And I understand that people, you know, maybe you don't, I had had a lot of people tell me that they're going to unfollow me now because I got my boobs done. I'm like, okay, well, if you don't want to follow me because I got my boobs done and I'm openly sharing my experience, you don't have to follow me. And I don't want you to follow me. When I was 12, I had my ears pulled back. Okay. Like- And I'm talking about like, I was a child and I would tape my ears back. Like like when I was younger than 12, I would tape my ears back. I would cry. I'd get bullied. Like people would call me like a gremlin or an elf, you know, like kids are mean. Kids are are mean. And then the summer after sixth grade, like what? I went to middle, I was in middle school where the kids got meaner. And I was just like, I can't take it anymore. I want to get my ears pulled back. And my parents were like, yeah, totally. Yes, we should get your ears pulled back. And so I got it done right? It was a really painful procedure. Um, I think it's because it's like on your head and like I was missing a fold right here in my ear. Like I was missing this fold. So like the the big part of my ear, like just it's, they stuck out. And so I got this surgery. I don't really remember what people were saying. I just knew that I was happy to have my ears pulled back and not sticking out of my hair every time I had my hair down. And years later, Coco, I was like resentful at my parents. I was like, Okay. So I got pissed off at my parents for letting me have that surgery. Right. Because I was like, I, I personally struggled with like inner self-worth. Right. And so now, especially now as a parent, like I was resentful that like the message wasn't like, you're beautiful from the inside. Like, like what these people are saying doesn't matter. I felt like in retrospect, I can see that I felt as a young person, especially as a young girl that like, there was a lot of pressure put on my appearance and I carried that with me into adulthood. So I spent a lot of my twenties really pissed off 
about that and being resentful of beauty in general. And it wasn't until I actually met with Dr. Altman to have my breast augmentation, you're going to call it breast augmentation. Um, and I told him like, you know, this was after I had my first son and whatever. And I told him about my ear procedure and how resentful I was of my parents. And he was like, Nikki, like, first of all, the ears is like a big thing. Like kids that I see get their ears done. Like they wind up going up like two points in their GPA at school because they're confident. They go to school. They're not getting made fun of. And he gave me like all these statistics about like how it even like surpasses like nose jobs for kids, you know, that are getting bullied. It's like the ears thing. And I, it, I finally was able to let it go. And he helped me do that. Like, and so I'm talking about like, I wasn't, I got my, my, my procedure done when I was like 31, I think. So I like carried all that resentment for all this time. And I was finally, finally able to like, let that go. And so I came into a really powered, empowered place because of Dr. Altman. And, you know, like full circle that having, getting that procedure done helped empower me even more, like even like accepting and being like, okay, like people aren't bad because they get plastic surgery. People, people aren't bad because they have a procedure done or get fillers or whatever. Now I think like you have to also back it up with like that's internal gratification. I think they have to go hand in hand. You know what I mean? Like have not let the beauty standard define you, but really be peaceful on the inside and say like, I want this and this doesn't make me a bad person and I'm good with it. I was bulleted when I was, I mean, I feel like everybody gets bullied at a certain point, but I've never for something, you know, I moved a few cities growing up because my parents moved, moved uh, with their company and kids are very brutal and it can leave such a state. I mean, even when I was going through my therapy stuff, like one of my biggest issues in my life is I always feel like I'm not enough and like no matter what I do, it's not enough and blah, blah. And when I was trying to unravel how that even happened, we went all the, all the way back to, I don't know, when I was nine years old and I was hanging out with this girl who had way more money than we had and she was like rubbing it in my face. And, you know, like those things really stick with you your whole life. And I feel like parents at that time, mental health was not really talked about and people didn't know how to approach certain things. So like, okay, let's just like, let's just be quiet. Let's just get it done. And you know, like, let's move on. You have a diehard following. Like your people who stick with you are here for you. Like they love you. Like you don't need all the looky loos who are just like here for, to pass the time. Like you have an invested following who trusts what you say. I got to say, I had this video go viral, my no coffee walk dates video. Oh yeah. No, I love that. That amount of hate. I never, ever, ever experienced. And I remember at some point when, uh, I don't know who, somebody was in my apartment with me and I, a friend, I guess, and I gave them my phone. And I'm like, just take it away. And I laid wow. on the floor and I stared at the ceiling for 20 minutes. I'm like, this is too much because I was, it was my first time going like really viral on TikTok and mm -hmm. they are so brutal. People on TikTok are really brutal. But at the same time, like you, that's what I wanted. You know, I wanted yeah. to blow up on TikTok. So you have to be prepared that a lot of times people are just going to bash you. I was so excited, Coco, about this interview. I'm like telling my friends, I'm like, I'm going to interview Coco. And like, this is her thing with a coffee date and blah, blah, blah. And my friends had never heard of this. They're like, what? Right? These Most of these people are like married or divorced and they're like not even thinking about this stuff. And I'm like, so I know that my audience, I, I'm confident that a lot of my audience, I think we might have some like crossover following, but like, this is going to be their first time hearing that where I feel like you people who are like religiously follow you 
they know already. They like know your shit. You know what I mean? So tell us about your rule with the no coffee date. Okay. So the video went like this. It went, um, I do not accept a coffee or a walk as a possible date option and neither should you. First of all, I'm not a dog that needs to be walked. Second, I have an espresso machine at home. It works fabulous. We're not doing drinks either. You're going to try to get me drunk and take me back home. No, we are doing dinner. You're going to pick me up. We're going to come to the restaurant. I'm going to see your table manners. I'm going to see what you order. I'm going to see if you can hold your chopsticks correctly. We're just going to study you a bit. And uh, obviously that video was made dramatic and entertaining purposely for, you know, talk purposes. But I really do stand behind what I said. Like I have a lot going on. So why, I mean, I'm in a relationship now, very committed, loving. He took me on a dinner date, first date. Uh, Good job. But I'm like, why would I, if I have so much going on, why would I go on a date with a guy that was, he's going to walk me around for half an hour to decide whether I'm hot enough for a dinner date? Because that is why guys take you on these low effort dates so they can decide whether you're worth spending money on. And that's it. You know, maybe they can say that that's true or that's not true, but I did a little survey with all of my guy friends, and that is a fact. If they think that you're such a catch, they will make sure to show you an amazing time. And I'm sorry, coffee is not an amazing time. Obviously, I love coffee. Don't get me wrong. I go for coffees with my boyfriend every day now, you know, but it's like your first impression is everything. So if you think that I am going to, get ready for like an hour and a half to meet you for 30 minutes. I can just, I can, I can literally just record a podcast instead, or I can 100%. (laughs) Yes. Or I can even take a nap to an extent. Like if it's going to be a test, like have it be a test on your terms, right? Like if it's going to be testing you, checking you out, like you see if you're worth like taking a dinner or whatever, like let's make this, let's even the playing field a little bit. Like, so people, you know, they, Mostly date on dating apps, which for right. me- is I was going like, to ask you what your perspective on dating apps is. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I understand people can meet on dating apps. Like I know a lot of success stories, people got married, whatever. But in my case, I feel that it's just like going through a bunch of resumes and people are just pretending to be somebody they're not. Or maybe, you know, th- there's a complete template of what you need to put on a dating profile to appear um, a good catch. You're- curating your dating profile like this is not who you are you're basically just creating this image of who you are so why would I swipe left and right I mean obviously I used apps at certain point in my life when I was single when they were like popular but I feel like it's just a waste of time why don't you just like go in the real world instead and people were like well where do you meet men nowadays I'm like you can meet people anywhere but I get it like is this a different you know, people, Gen Z especially, they, they're just like so on their phones. I understand that people want to do that quick coffee date so they can kind of vet it out and like move on. But why don't you just have a FaceTime call instead? I've been married for six years, but Eric and I have been together for, for many, many years. I met him when I was 19 and I'm 35 oh. now. So oh, like we've yes. known each other forever. We dated for like yeah. four or five years before we got married you know, mm-hmm. like dated exclusively. Like we were, I think we probably loved each other for a very long time, but Aww. like, it's been a, it's been a while since I've actually dated and 
and like I really only hear stories from that my friends tell me. Mm-hmm. You know, like I hear what their stories are, and it seems like a nightmare out there. And a lot of it has to do with these apps. Yes, with apps, and because with social media, people just think that you're gonna get a better deal around the corner. So that's why they keep on swiping and swiping and swiping, and just focus on your life and be the best version of yourself, and like be happy. And then, I mean, and I know that sounds like such a cliche, like oh, it's easier said than done, but it's actually very simple. You should just focus on yourself and live your life and the right man will come when you're happy. But people can smell when you're desperate and when you really, really want to be in a relationship. And when you're just like swiping to find a guy to get married, maybe you're almost 30. So you feel like you, your clock is ticking and all this bullshit. And I'm like, there's no clock sticking in my book. This conversation is so good, but before we keep going, I want to take a minute to thank our sponsors, Sana Skin Studio. The best way for me to describe Sana is that it feels like coming home. Unlike traditional facials, Sana's facials are rooted in education, and I love this so much. Every experience I've had at Sana has been a chance to learn more about my skin and its needs. I love that the facials are effective while also being accessible enough to be a monthly ritual rather than a yearly splurge. I'm honored to be able to provide our audience with a promo code. Use the code the no glow for $25 off of your first facial at Sana when booking via sanaskinstudio.com. So how how was what would Coco do born? Like how did that even come to be? Because you I mean the, the amount of questions you get and like legit oh legit questions and feedback and people like will do what you tell them to and they will come report it back to you. Like this yeah. is what happened with your advice. So how was that? How did that even come to be? Because now I feel like it's a it's a pillar of your brand. It really is. And it's funny, I was in Croatia for 10 days and I just decided to like kind of switch off and like not do what Wokoku do or my I was just like, I need a break. I haven't seen my family since November. I can't, you know, followers, give me a second. You know, my family's always number one. So I was like off my phone more than usual and people were messaging me I know it's not what Wokoku do I know her with your family but please please I need this I need help and sometimes if I see it's a like situation I would you know I would step in but uh, what Wokoku do I honestly uh, how did that even start I feel like I just started posting those like ask me anything kind of question box and a few people told me that they were in some kind of situation and then they just thought to themselves, oh, what will Coco do in this situation? You're a thought leader. You're pitching, you're leading a thought process is what you're doing, really. I love that. Like a collective change for women. Yeah. You know, on how they think about themselves and how they handle situations. What makes me the happiest is when I get messages from girls saying like, if it wasn't for you, I would still be entertaining that toxic relationship or that horrible guy that's like breadcrumbing me and they're just understanding their worth and that's what we were talking in the beginning about like me you know going through my shit I didn't know my worth I thought I did but I didn't I just let people treat me whatever way they wanted and I was always on their terms and I was like just controlled by other people and sometimes you just need to take a step back and take control just your life is your life. Like nobody else should control how you're feeling and what you're doing. And if you feel that somebody's playing you, they are. Like your gut feeling is always right. And I'm trying to teach women to just listen to themselves. And when they, and it's funny when I have girls asking me, you know, they they usually send me like a huge novel of the situation, what happened. 
And I never, I don't give them an answer right away. I start asking them a few questions. And then I'm trying to actually change their thought process. So like if somebody sends me a paragraph of how shitty this guy is treating her, I'm like, okay, so why do you want to be with him? Sometimes a simple question like that is like, why do I want to be with him? I can totally see what you're saying. Cause like, and I think that we do it a lot. Like just as human beings, like we, we have to overanalyze and overexplain and justify things. And there's nothing wrong with just wanting to be treated a certain way, right? Like some women need space and they don't want, they like, they actually need more space than others. You know, like I'm, I think I'm like, in a sense, I'm a hybrid. Like I grew up, my dad was a firefighter. And so he was like, he spent nights away from the home. And so I'm very used to not Mm -hmm. having like a male presence in my house all the time, mm-hmm. right? That that has benefited me in my current marriage because my husband travels for work all mm-hmm. the time. And I'm like not threatened by that, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm good with it. So I don't need like constant, I am just like more, I, I can handle being alone, I guess is mm-hmm. what I'm saying, right? Where I don't personally, but I like attention in other ways, right? And that's okay. You're going to find people that are different, uh, completely different where like they don't want that attention, but saying like, actually, this is what I like. I like mm-hmm. getting attention. I like having connectivity with my partner mm-hmm. and really like empowering women because I feel like from the outside, this is what you do. Empowering women to like take ownership over their preferences mm-hmm. and not pretend to like not have yeah. preferences. Yeah. I think that women get caught up in that a lot. Like, oh no, I'm just so easygoing. Like society has made it so that the best woman is the one who is easy. Oh yeah, no, no, no. Going and like flexible and can be like, okay, in any situation, you know? And like, that's great. If that is your personality, that's amazing. Like, good for you. Like, go be easy in whatever situation and be flexible and whatever. And at the same time, like it makes the, the, I I don't even like the way I'm going to say it, the tough woman, like, or the difficult woman or the one who has preferences in her own opinions. She's the bad guy. Yeah. That's why like when this video went viral, um, coffee walk day and I was called high maintenance. I'm like, I yeah, love it. <laughs> it was like, I'm loving it. And, and I know exactly what I want and I'm exactly going to ask for it. So if I don't get it, I'm, I'll be fine. And like, I'm not going to change my preferences because I didn't find that situation at that point. And that's hundred percent true because a lot of them are like, you know, I want all of those things, but then we're coming back to their friends. Their friends are like, Oh, you're too needy. Yeah. Or you are right. too this, Or you are too that. And and they're saying that from their own experiences and maybe they're not getting the love they want from their partner. So, hmm. I mean, it's, it's relationships are obviously very complex, but I feel like you should never compromise on those fundamental needs that everybody has. And as you said, you know, you grew up in a certain way. So maybe you don't want your partner to like, I love my boyfriend to be here all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want. And that's right. what I need. So you need to find somebody who needs the same thing and you're compatible. And I feel like a lot of people are trying to change mm-hmm. other people's personalities. But why? I mean, why? What's the point? Like, why would you, you know, just find somebody who shares the same vision and lifestyle and views of a relationship? I have this like silly analogy. I mean, I think it's a silly analogy. It's like an ice cream analogy. It's like, I love chocolate ice cream and you might like vanilla ice cream. Well, we might be able to go to the ice cream shop, but we're not sharing an ice cream cone because Mm -hmm. we don't like the same flavors. We happen to both like ice cream. So it's like, if you're really, really want, if you're like the type of person who wants to share an ice cream cone with somebody, you're going to have to find someone who likes chocolate just like you do. (laughs) 
or like strawberry, just like you do. And I feel like uh, five love languages, it's such an important test for people to like what they need and what they want because a lot of people, like for example, words of affirmation for me are not really a big thing. Oh, they're a huge thing for me. So see, so different for me. Mm -hmm. Like I don't need my boyfriend to tell me you're beautiful every day or something, but I need him to, I don't know, hold my hand. Every mm-hmm. time we're walking on the street. Yeah. yeah. So love languages, such an important, uh, it's, it's really important to know what you need and how you receive love and how you share love. And that's going to make your life so much easier. Literally just like knowing yourself is going to make your life so much easier. And I feel like a lot of people are lacking self-awareness and they're just like totally. living life without really knowing who they are. So how do you like, so how do you, how do you know yourself? Right. Okay. So my 30th birthday, I was already here in Miami and I was just expecting this. Like I was, I I was like going out the whole week. I had all these friends fly in from New York and like, oh my God, such a huge thing. And it was, and I just realized that I'm trying to put on this show for basically for Instagram for everybody to see how, how many friends I have and how amazing everything was and whatever. But I, I had fun, don't get me wrong, but like, it was not as fun as it looked like on Instagram. And I realized (laughs) the fact that you just owned that, I think is major. I feel like more people in your position need to be like owning that shit because like you just flat out said like, I did it for the gram. Yeah. 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 I mean, we we all, half of the things people do today are for the gram. Right. We need to just admit that. And I, I just had a lot, like a lot of those friends, they didn't celebrate me. Mm. Like it was not a celebration of my 30th birthday. It was just, you know, for them, it was like a, the place a to be. Experience. Right. Yeah. So I was just disappointed in a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I just decided to kind of like take a step back and realize like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? And why am I doing all of that? I just decided to kind of like cut out the noise. By noise, I mean like all these people that I'm not and I don't want to call them fake friends. They were, we were friends. We are still friends, but we were just like not compatible. And you don't need to stop hanging out with everybody, but you need to take a step back and see what do you need and what kind of people do you need? Like, mm-hmm. does it make you happy to sit with somebody and talk about shoes for three hours? Or you want to talk about something more meaningful? And I felt like as I just moved to Miami at that point, I just felt like I was kind of like lost I didn't really know what I wanted and what I needed. And then after that birthday, I was like, okay, I'm not going to go out for the next month and a half. And I already started dating my boyfriend. So I was like, I'm just going to try to listen to myself. And with time, I started meditating. I started working out. And I was always, I mean, I, I was lucky enough to like have good genetics. So I never really needed to work out. But I started to work out because I actually started feeling good. And I remember when I moved to Miami, I made this video. I was like, oh, I don't understand all these people working out. Like, where are all these endorphins? I don't feel any endorphins, but I do feel them now because now I'm working out because I really want to feel good. I'm not working out because I hated my body or something. So like wow. when you come into a situation with a negative thought, like, oh, I hate my body, I need to fix it. It's never going to work. You need to come in with like, I, I love myself, so I want to feel even better. So when we're cutting out the noise, it's like taking a step back from the action and stepping into non-action, like being still and like going mm-hmm. within yourself. And you 
said it without me even asking it. You're like, okay, I stopped going out as much. I started to meditate. I started to really invest in myself. And I think that there's something really powerful in that to share with the audience that's listening today is that like, that's what that requires sometimes. I started implementing also no phone days. Oh, amazing. My boyfriend and I started doing that. And it was more for me because he was seeing how much I was getting flustered with all these people constantly like messaging me. And I don't want to pretend like, oh, don't message me. Like, oh, you're so overwhelming. But it gets overwhelming. So it was my first no phone day. Um, and he he had his phone just like, you know, for safety precautions. And I left my phone and I was like walking around and I was like, wow, this all looks so much more beautiful than when I have my phone here. And when I don't have my phone, like, oh my God, let me let everybody know that I'm here, that I'm eating Mr. Mandolin, that I'm like uh, going for this and I'm going for that. And I was just like living in the moment and, and I was just being present. And I, I listened to a lot of podcasts about like knowing yourself and just like learning to listen to your body and I'm like really trying to get spiritual. But I love that you even honor the fact that you're like, I'm trying to get spiritual. Like that's what's up. Like you can be in a position, in a situation where you're trying something and you're working at something. Like, I think there's a misconception that we have to arrive. And especially if somebody like you, Coco, who has the platform and you have all eyes on you all the time, like you're allowed to be a human being who's working towards something also. Mm-hmm. And it's really yeah. powerful that you said trying. And I remember when I, like, after we were done with my no phone day, I wrote down in my notes app, like, all the things that I experienced. Oh, I love that. How, how, and I was just excited to be there and nobody, nobody can approach me. Mm -hmm. And also what I, is super, super important. And I always say that to my followers that you cannot be on your phone the first half an hour. Okay. You can maybe like, just open your phone to see if there's anything like urgent but in the morning, you mean like every morning, day? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, in the morning. Yeah, in the first thirty minutes in the morning, just like be alone with yourself, or like put on some music, or just like fill your cup first before you start giving to everybody else. You can't serve everybody all the time. Like you need to serve yourself first, because how can you be a, like even me a good influencer or content creator for other people if I'm so unhappy with where I am, or maybe like other people are just trying to put me down. So like you can't let that, you can't have that be the first thing to set the tone for your day. So how do you start your day now? Because I know you wake up early. Like I've seen you post about you waking up yeah. early now. You weren't a morning person. I'm like really trying to be a morning person. I I was never a morning person, but I feel like I just started going to sleep early. And it's, so it's, it's time to go to bed. So yeah, we go to sleep around 10 and then I wake up and I love, because him and I both work from home and we are, always like around I love to wake up earlier when he's not around <laughs> and just like do my own thing like have my coffee read my book and I'm, I'm really like I just need I need my alone time for sure so I like to wake up before him and then I go to the gym and from okay so let me let me give you an actual timestamp. so let's say if I wake up at seven I want to be at the gym by eight because later it just gets super packed and then it's not fun for me to work out. It's also hard. Like the longer you wait, like the longer, the more likely I am to put it off. Yeah. So like I, I need to get it done. Like, like maybe I won't do it. Maybe I'll do it this afternoon. And then this afternoon comes and I'm like, not happening. Yeah, that never happens. So I actually have a calendar 
in my like a calendar reminder every day at 8 a.m. that I have to be at the gym at 8 a.m. And I have it in my phone every day. So like I kind of know, okay, well, you should go, even though I know that I have to go. Like it's it's right here. So like you can't and it's the to hold myself accountable. Yeah, totally. Go to the gym. I get back and I like to take my time. Like I want to be like that too. I don't like to rush. Yeah. It's like I'm it's me time. I go to my treadmill, I do my workouts, and then like we have a pool and sauna jacuzzi upstairs so like sometimes I chill around there mm-hmm. and around 11 I come downstairs and I start working mm-hmm. so then I kind of see what's going on the whole week and you know I emails and stuff like that so that's pretty much my morning I also wanted to ask you about the little lighthouse foundation like I was mm-hmm. I feel like you know I feel like we're passionate about similar similar things like in general yeah. mm-hmm. um but I was really excited to see that you volunteered as a reader mm-hmm. for the little lighthouse foundation which I participated in as well. So like, mm-hmm. how did you come to learn about them and why is it so important for you to connect with the nonprofit community in addition to like all the people that you mm-hmm. touch on a daily basis? So I actually know, um, Rob Senna, he's one of the founders. He was just a social friend of mine and we never really talked about it much. And then I saw he started sharing on Instagram and I always wanted to get involved and help. I, this is very, I didn't mention this before. When I was going through like my bad times, I was getting like all these readings, like astrology, this, that, I was trying to figure out what's going on. And um, all of uh, this astrology, two of them or three even, I don't know. They told me that my mission in life is to help people. I'm like, oh my God, please. Like, that's not really, give me something better. <laughs> and they're like, no, that's it. That's they're like, I mean, that's that was one of the missions. We obviously all have multiple missions. But it just breaks my heart when I see, you know, when you see, for example, Miami, you have design district and you have all these ultra expensive cars and everything is just so glamorous and huge. And on the other, the three blocks down, there's a shelter. So at the beginning, I just asked him, well, can I just donate products to Rob? I asked him, can I just donate products and stuff like, where can I do that? And then he connected me to this girl, Emily, and she kind of told me like all of these things that they're doing. And before, when I was in New York, I had a lot of friends who had kids and I love kids. Like I love playing with kids and I feel like kids are just like so honest and you can just hang out with them. And they're just like, I love kids and I can't wait to have kids one day. But I just wanted to maybe even selfishly just like play with kids and like you know, have have. Uh, have that part but the first event I attended I think it was their 12th um 12 year anniversary or something and it had like um a bunch of games and you were painting with kids and I just I just wanted to contribute whatever I can because I feel like I have so much and I'm like I don't need all of that like I'm happy with what I have but like if I have and then I volunteered at Del Shel- the Lotus House shelter and I was giving like uh, makeup classes and stuff. So like I really, I just really w- want to share what I have. It's interesting. Like when you give, right, whatever it is that you're giving, if you give, you really do. It's true. Like you really are receiving, right? Because like I bet you go into those things and you're like giving them these makeup tips and whatever you're doing mm-hmm. or you're reading a book or you're volunteering and you're playing games with them. But then you leave there and you feel very fulfilled. You feel like you got something out of that and then you kind of look and even this morning uh when I was at the gym I was like just looking around 
and I, I literally texted my boyfriend and I said, like, I almost started crying because I just, I'm so grateful. And I feel like a lot of people need to practice gratitude way more. And when I heard that saying before, oh, I need to be grateful. I'm like, what does that even mean? How do you even become great? Like, how, how do you even do that? And you just really need to be happy for what you have. And then more things are going to come. It doesn't mean right. that you need more things, but like, I, I just looked around and I'm like, wow, I am in Miami. It's sunny. I'm healthy. And I just realized that, you know, a lot of people are not as happy or lucky right now. So like, if I can contribute in any way, why not? Coco, I've loved talking with you. Like, I think this is like, I feel like I could talk to you for hours and hours and hours. Like I, and I also want to pick your brain and like, I want to go to, I'm like, I'm like, I got to take this girl to a dinner. I'm like, <laughs> no coffee day because I need to talk to Coco. I need to get to know Coco more, but this has been so amazing, Coco. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on my show. I hope that everybody goes to listen to Bougie Best Friend. It's available everywhere. Podcasts are streaming. Mm -hmm. Coco's amazing. You need to follow her. Do you say Coco Beauty? Yeah. Coco Beauty? How do you, how do you beauty? When I at that time when I was trying to get that, I, I wanted a Coco Beauty handle with a Y at the end, yeah, right. but it was obviously occupied, so it was Coco Beauty right now. But no, this was amazing, and I'm uh, looking forward to chatting more in the future. I know because I feel like we really do have a lot of things in common, and like we just we can talk for hours. I'm pretty sure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for being a guest on the Know. Thank you. This podcast was brought to you by Sana Skin Studio. Be sure to use my code, the no glow for $25 off of your first facial at Sana when booking via sanaskinstudio.com. More than a skin studio, Sana is a movement towards healthier skin and self-love. Thank you so much for listening to The No. If you loved this episode, go ahead and share it with a friend. Words are so powerful and someone may need to hear what we covered today. And if you really loved this episode, please take a moment to rate the show and leave a review. Your comments are so important and valued and they give other listeners insight on what to expect on The Know. You can connect with me personally via Instagram at Nikki Sap Spo and The Know with Nikki Spo. My hope for you today is that you are fearless in looking inward so that you can be your highest, most authentic self and go after the life of your dreams. Mm -hmm.